You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. You got to know when. <laughs> Good old Kenny, man. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for uh, for being here. And uh, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually talking more about what's going on with you and what's happening and everything. Uh, quick shout out to Bebo. I'm wearing their tea today. As everyone knows on the show, I always wear a different tea. If you catch me in my own tea, it's because I forgot. But I can't forget these days because everything's underneath the table. So that's uh, I got to do a show where we actually show the behind the scenes stuff and show the table and show everything because not everybody yeah. sees everything unless you come into the studio. So yeah, the tickets. But now you get to experience it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Let me share out the deeds here. Kyle Venn. Kyle Venn, right? Yep. Uh, uh, Caven Homes and it's www.caven.ca. The phone number to reach them is 905-691-1850. And you can get them at his email at kyle at caven.ca. And on IG, it's Caven Homes, Caven Homes on Facebook, K-A-V-E-N. Uh, how long have you been in construction? I've uh, been uh, since 2014. Yep. You're a newbie. Yeah. Relatively. Getting, coming up to 10 years. How young are you? Uh, I'm turning 40 this January. Uh, you look like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a hard one to say. No, no, it's just, uh, <laughs> so So, how's construction been? I'm trying to wrap my head around the last 10 years. I would say the last 10 years have probably been quite the shifting years of construction. It's just been an upward swing. Like, it's just been every year getting busier and busier. And, um, and then COVID hit, so it was like, whoa. Uh, did you know what to do? Like, did you... Like okay, what was you had your circle, you had your crew, you had your subs. Yep. yep. What was the mindset? What was going on? It was uh, I kind of got a tip a couple of days ahead of time that we could be shutting down, and I was like, okay, yeah, right. But you know what? I'll take it. We'll we'll figure it out. So here I am, ten o'clock at night, filling up gas cans because you don't know yeah, you're gonna yeah. shut down gas stations. Toilet yeah. paper gas tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so gas cans were getting filled. The next day, um, I had the whole crew over at uh, local home hardware. Uh, because we had just taken possession of our first flip that we weren't moving into or weren't living in. So we just bought a place in Georgetown. Uh, just bought a place when it, ha- when it hit? Just happened, yeah. So February, would have been February 15th? Yeah, or February, February tw- yeah. Sorry, February 20th, we got possession. And uh, so here we are, we're like just getting into COVID, like what, what's happening. Uh, we're wrapping up all our other jobs, and then uh, it came the shutdown. So couple days prior to that i sent all the guys out for uh, a shopping spree so i had five guys shopping every aisle stocking up on plumbing and uh everything that we needed so we stocked the place up we had drywall delivered and everything like that just thinking what what happens if we're shut down and uh, we had open permits uh windows on order kitchen so it was all kind of teed up already so it kind of worked out great uh in that scheme of things and uh once we got the full sh- shutdown, it was like, okay, we're working here until we can't. So, so we worked there. Uh, that one there went right till July and uh, listed it and sold. That was right when they opened up. Uh, they reopened everything up. Everything kind of gives some break, right? Yeah. So you had to schedule your showings. So they were able to walk through. So you literally weathered the storm. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was good. It was. I mean, it was the the bank account was depleting. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but was it difficult uh, to, I guess it wouldn't have been difficult to sell it at that time when it was ready to go. When it was ready to go, no, we had we had how many showings? It was fifty some odd showings over a weekend, and we had 18, 18 offers. 
and only one was asking. Everything was over asking. And it went for 165 over asking. Yeah. It was just like... Cuckoo. Yeah, nuts. And if I knew what I knew now, I would have, I would have waited another three months because I probably got 265 over asking. But hindsight's 2020. No, was, but you're still getting quite a bit as it is. But I mean, when yeah. you were doing that flip, you were calculating your numbers and trying to figure out where's my sweet spot. This is what yeah. I'm going to look for. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's also exhausting to go through that whole process of selling it. Oh, yeah. And then doing all the showings and everything like that. Plus, you've already put all that money into it and you're carrying all that cost. And you're carrying it. And so you're like... You're weighing that. You're balancing that out, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's. This is a good price. Let's just move on. And, and go you ahead. haven't even had, like in that time. I didn't even have the chance to, to figure out like what we're making or we were losing. But we knew we had to had to list it for what a going price would have been, and we were totally happy with what we were listing it for. And uh, in the end, uh, yeah, it was it was a nice uh, nice project. How quickly after that did you grab on to the next one? Because then then now you're still in cuckoo land, right? Yeah, like. How quickly was it before the next job came along? Uh, so right after that, I was actually, I had a kitchen lined up. Uh, my uh, my local kitchen supplier was getting a little annoyed because the kitchen was sitting there. I couldn't take delivery of it. We hadn't started the job. We haven't done the tarot yet. So we uh, we turned around and said, uh, can I get two more weeks? I got to finish up my house that we're flipping. And he was watching us the whole time on, on Instagram, right? So, uh, which is cool. They're totally. Count it down. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you two more weeks, and then we can start our place. So we dumped, dove into that one. It was a main floor reno, kitchen, a little bit. And sure enough, uh, kitchen lined up perfectly for that one, and that went off of the hitch, and it was just next job after another. So, yeah. And How did you, okay, did you, after that, those two funny years, but you had eight years before, no, not eight years. How long? I'm trying to it would have been like no, seven, six, seven years six, before. Seven years, yeah. What was the one dramatic thing that you changed after those last two years that you were going through that, but then you already, you were establishing your business in the beginning, mm-hmm. a certain path. Yep. Now you did this, and now coming out of that, what were you changing business-wise? Uh, business-wise, just basically getting into larger-scale projects, uh, kind of leaning towards uh, trying to go to the new builds, which is probably what we'll talk about is uh, going the Tarian route yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're leaning towards larger stuff. I mean, we started out, I was, I mean, my first jobs were just bathrooms, right? By myself. Everybody starts that way. Start out with bathroom, do all your own tiling, all your own work, hire a plumber. Yep. Or I don't even think I hired a plumber. I think I just electrician. Uh, my brother's a plumber, so I picked up a lot from him along the way. And uh, yeah, uh, bathrooms led to kitchens, led to basements and bigger scale, hire a few guys um, and uh, yeah, get a good crew and roll with it. Yeah. And now you want to tackle new builds completely. Yeah. Get into yeah. that world. You're yeah. going to get into track. You're going to get into whole, try to figure out the subdivisions. Um, probably spec, uh, okay. build spec, uh, multifamily. So like duplex, tri- triplexes sort of deal. Um, kind of a, kind of a hole in the market. I think a lot of pe- a lot of builders aren't going directly that route. And it seems to be uh, a lot of permits right now are being pulled just for duplexes. Um, looking at our local town website, you can see all the in, uh, the building permits that have been pulled, and they're all uh, duplex conversion, duplex really? conversion, yeah, and not one addition, like it's just all duplex conversion. So they're just converting basements to second units. So, so that's what they're focusing on. Yeah, yeah. Just is it because the, I guess the communities are looking at this is where the dollar value is, the return on investment for construction. That and I think uh, people are just at the point where they're that's what they can afford, right? Um, they can buy a bungalow, but they can offset their income by renting the basement. 
sort of deal or investors. Earlier this week, I had a conversation with another trade, um, a plumber, and he just enlightened me. And I kind of knew this. And I think that we're still stuck in our mindset that Ontario is the hub, that this area, the GTA or whatever is the hub. But there's a lot of interesting things that are going on out West in Calgary and BC and everything like that, that people should be maybe paying attention to. And he actually brought something up and I thought, I know of it. I just didn't do it. And he's done it. And he says, listen, I never even stepped foot in that province. I never even stepped foot in the house that I, I I bought a pre-construction home. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about this and I was like going, why, why do we have such a, a narrow mind here in construction. Why are we not looking at other opportunities? I'm respectful of certain companies here in Ontario that have actually branched out into other areas, into the States, other parts of the country, gone East, gone West for sure. Um, Why do you think that we just stay, this is where we're putting our roots. So we kind of stay where we we know. Um, I think a lot of it is you can't really drive to your building that you've got as an income property or that you're buying. Uh, I think that's some people's limitations. Um, We've done some coaching in real estate and investing and all that. And uh, and a lot of people are venturing out into the Edmonton and Alberta market because you can buy two, three of them for the cost of one here in the That's GTA. That's where I'm going with it. It's yep. just like you're talking about 2,000 square foot homes for $250,000 yep. in Canada in the year 2023. Yep. And and still getting rental uh, rental and still getting rent rental rates, rates. yeah right not yeah. as crazy rental rates as Toronto Toronto and Vancouver are definitely yeah. asking for the highest as possible you're still cash flowing but it's still cash flow because if yeah. you think about it the five percent down payment or even if it's whatever your property is a twenty percent down payment on two hundred fifty versus an average here is a million yeah like the yeah. the math is a no brainer at that point right yeah. so it's just I I don't know why some people are not kind of taking advantage of that but it's also mm-hmm. In the younger, like I, I, I don't want to fault the younger guys. I was just talking about this with Andrew from Lusso on on the ride over here, and he's just dumbfounded how the younger don't pay attention to the opportunities that are right in front of them. And I'm like, listen, you, me, and everybody that was younger, we did the exact same thing. We yeah. just we we some of us weren't told by older people, maybe you should consider this, or maybe some of us were, and then we just didn't pay attention because we were focused on the weekend. So it's just, I think that there's a lot of opportunity in construction right now if you looked outside of this area. Yeah. But if, you, if you're younger, you probably haven't started a family yet. You haven't yep. set yep. your roots yet. And you're thinking, you know what? I've got a pickup truck. I've got a trailer. Why can't I go out west, out east? Why can't I take an opportunity six months, eight months and mm. build it? And then there you go. That's 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 an opportunity. You never know if it could. Plus, I mean, could you imagine walking into those home hardware? And the cost of lumber there, what it would be. It's going to be less. It's going to be less, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just, so. I just figure that that's just, but it's it's an old guy telling the younger guys you should consider you should this, this, right? Yeah. Are they yeah. going to list it? No. 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 They're, they're just thinking the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> why'd you, Kyle, why'd you get into, is it in the family? Uh, sort of in the family, yeah. Um, my dad built uh, a few of our uh, homes growing up. Uh, my uncle was a, co- a contractor in Timmins, way up north there. Nice. Uh, so I, in summers, I helped them uh, a lot, um, and then just kind of picked up on it myself. It was always an interest of mine, and I love tools, fanatic for tools. The guys laugh at me. I'll, I'll just bring a tool home for whatever reason. They're like, what'd you bring that for? I'm like, well, yeah, another tool. It was shiny and glistening, <laughs> and it was in a box, and it looked bright new, and it was great. Yep. And I'll yep. use it one day. Yep. <laughs> After we cherish it for, like, being so clean and perfect. Yep. <laughs> what, are, what tool brand are you guys? Uh, I'm pro Makita. Okay. Um, the guys are converting me to DeWalt yellow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're an upgrade or a downgrade. 
I don't know. I'd, I prefer the I'd, Makita. I'd, I'd, I'd have to say downgrade. Yeah, they, they like that 60-volt plat- platform. Yeah, I've yet to try the 40. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's a little big, no? Yeah. A little heavy. But I do like that worm drive DeWalt saw, 60-volt. It is More great. than the skill? Uh, the cord- well, cordless, right? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't tried the skill if it's the skill's got cordless. a big honking battery. Yeah. Yeah. But they all have big honking batteries. Yeah. I don't know. I'm old enough to just enjoy cord. I don't care, right? So Oh, we've, we've cut the cord. Everything? Yeah. Oh, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Huh? The only thing I got left now is uh, I got a 12-inch DeWalt saw, 60-volt, but it's the two 60-volt batteries. Plus, so DeWalt's the only one that I think is genius that yeah. actually has the cord adapter. Exactly. I don't know why the other brands don't do that because that makes a lot of sense because why not plug it in if you've got power there so you can yeah. plug it in. So we've got that on site and that thing's pretty sweet. But table saw wise, uh, I just got that Bosch uh, fold and rise. Two yeah. of them, they they work, they work great. But that's plug. Yeah, plug. So that's only that's really the, the only, only thing, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything else is cordless. They don't have a cordless table saw. Oh, do they have a yeah? They have a yeah. job site. You probably got a job yeah, site. Yeah, they have a job site yeah. one, but that's still yeah. too small for a job site, right? I think it is. Yeah. But maybe a Dewalt uh, table saw comes in enough. The larger one? They haven't done that uh, one yet. Just the uh, cordless one, right? Yeah. But then you got Festool that just introduced theirs. Yeah, I haven't got any tools Festool. I yeah. walked away as soon as p- someone told me about the price. It's like three grand. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah. so. it's how yeah. it is. So, yep. <laughs> But I haven't tried the 40-volt Makita yet. It's, it's tempting, but I'm so heavy on the 18-volt platform. It's just the batteries i guess it's a different generation it's just like you got to get all the batteries now and then you you want the whole crew sometimes to be on the same platform so then you're just sharing batteries but then now you got to think about theft yeah right not theft left but just someone borrowing all the batteries and all of a sudden you realize how come i don't have enough batteries i had enough batteries at the start of the job and i don't have enough batteries now because everyone's taking batteries to use it to weekend jobs side jobs all kinds of stuff like that right so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we're pretty good that way because i've got makita they don't go walking and the De- they got, those guys run the DeWalt stuff, so they know where it is when they need it. And then uh, we switched to recently Milwaukee framing nailers. They're heavy, but they work. Oh, I've, I've seen it, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I was shooting pass load cordless. Those are heavy, too. Not as. Not as heavy as Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. It was a night and day difference in weight, but I was spending a fortune on the fuel cells for the pass load. And then maintenance. They were going in for maintenance once a year, 250 bucks. Once for, a year? Once a year, cleaning or a, or a circuit board would go down. Oh, yeah. it was. So I, I parked those, bought two Milwaukee's, and haven't looked back. It air. Was, yeah. Air. Yeah. Air, air. Air is nice. But we don't do enough framing that much. Like, yeah. it's it's a couple of days here and there. So, yeah. So what did you do with that first flip? That you, It was a full gut? Uh Pretty much a full gut. We took it pretty much back to the studs. Okay. Um, what year was the house? That was 60, probably 68. Was it still stuck in 68 or was it updated? Uh, pretty much stuck in 68, I would say. Oh, wow. Yeah, we pretty much did everything on the house other than the brick. Wow. Left the brick. Um, we've The nice thing was we've already done three houses like it, the same layout, but just mirror image. So when I walked into it and we signed the paperwork, I already had my engineer... Do the, do the drawings, just change the address, and mirror image it. So uh, we already had that. I already had the kitchen layout done before we even got the keys. Uh, so the kitchen was ordered, like, the day we got the keys. And uh, windows were easily just quickly measured on our last site visit. So it was nice that way. 
Um, so we did everything, windows, siding, exterior foam board, the whole bit. Brought it right up to uh, today's standard. And, yeah, it went over really well. Nice. Yep. Um, the biggest thing that uh, my agent always told me, he goes, the house could have been made of gold, but you had a re-event and cold air returns throughout the whole place. And everyone saw it. And everyone just focused in on those. Just all the area events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so they were liking them. They were just loving it. Yeah. Okay. And I just walk in and everyone's focus was right to the when nobody, events. Had, nobody, I guess, at the time had seen any. It was. They were so used to grills. It was, it was so used to grills and it was kind of new and uh, newer at that point. Um, yeah. So everyone was loving it. Yeah. So, they, so that was the selling feature. That's what the real estate agent felt Real estate like. said everyone who came in just focused right on the grill, the uh, cold air returns that were drywall mudded on, right? And all the floor vents. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was worth it because that was a fortune. Like, I think we were about There's a There's still, yeah. They, they, I mean, once you start adding it up, that's the thing is if you buy one, it's just one. But then you go into a house, you're buying yep. 12 to 20 of them. Yep. Well, you grab a 30-inch yep. cold air. It's, it's 200 three, bucks or so, yeah, whatever. Almost three, yeah. Is it 300 bucks yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're getting better now. They're, they're going down to the uh, the area lights and stuff like that. They're more, more afford- affordable when you're doing a lot of them. So, yeah. They're, they're pretty slick. Yeah, catches people's attention. So getting into the spec house is, is it because you don't want to go through the whole hassle with the clients and, or is it, it that you want to just, just you, you, I guess you have a better idea of maintaining the job. Maintaining the job. Yeah. Uh, setting your schedule. Yeah. Um, you want to take some time off. You're not kind of putting somebody down, like letting yeah. somebody down. It's like, oh, you know, like Thanksgiving's coming. We got Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, dinner. You're fronting, you're fronting yeah. all the costs, right? Yeah. And then, but you're fronting the costs. Um, yeah, it's, that's a downside of things, but I think there's some ways to, to get around that. There's there's some lending that you can work with. So and then hopefully it sells, right? Yep. yep. But then you're already starting. I mean, I know that it was uh, everybody. I think everybody that gets into construction thinks this way. They start thinking about, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? But a lot of it has to do with the fronting of the cost, the carrying mm-hmm. of the cost, and yeah. all kinds of things like that. So yeah. it just it's a shame that more and more trades don't do it because they've got the skills to do it. Mm-hmm. And why not do it, right? So yeah. plus your guy, I guess your crew... You guys get to play. Yep. yep. You get to try new ideas. We get to see what's going on and we figure it out. And then if you have a good relationship with an engineer or an architect, you can go, listen, by the way, I was thinking about doing this. Can you just draw it up? And he's drawing it or she's drawing it as you're building it. And then by the time it's built, you sign off on it, it's done. Yep. And then that's the beauty of a tradesperson that knows the industry versus a homeowner that doesn't understand the industry hiring somebody to do it, right? Yeah. It's two different exactly. things. So, so yep, there's uh, yeah some flexibility there. Nice thing. So, you can set your schedule and kind of roll with it. The guys, the guys love it because uh, the nice thing is you can come in and just drop your tools and, and work there, and you're not having to clean the place right up yep. every night. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, kind of nice. The, the, the freedom is nice. Yeah. When you guys built the business and you started putting it all together, was it always going to be employee-based or was it going to be like sub-trade-based? Uh, I was never really big into the sub-trades. I've, I hired a couple along the way for general labor and just some skilled labor and stuff like that. Uh, but they always had the schedule of their own. And it was like, yours is always second. So your project is second. And I'm like, no, like I hired you. I, I want to commit in from you at like three, four weeks, whatever it was, whatever we discussed. And uh, next, you know, it's like I'm taking her off early on a Friday and yeah, kind of sucks. Right. So um, if you're not there, they just kind of look over their shoulder. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then the phone, they're, they're answering the phones. Right. Like they're not actually acting like it's a job site. Yeah. Um, but uh, I hired my first employee in probably 20, 2015, I think it was. Yeah, like r- shortly after I just started. And uh, best decision I ever had, it was like, man, this is great. You know, like we hit the ground running and 
uh, and then on to the next couple of employees, and now we're uh, a crew of five, including myself. So, um, good crew of guys. Uh, the guy who's been with us the longest is going on five years this fall, um, and uh, the newest guy is th- going on three years. So, how'd you yeah. find the guys? Just word of mouth. Word of mouth. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So uh, I think my one guy it was probably a listing that we posted on Indeed or something, but the rest of the guys were all word of mouth. One was our co-op student. Um, he was working with and us. And became an employee? Yeah, became an employee. Now he's an apprentice. And he's nice. starting, uh, as of October, his first uh, schooling for two months. So he's going to carpentry. Did you look into the grant program? The apprenticeship? Or you can, uh, can you get it or no? I don't think I can get the grant program. You need to be red sealed. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. I wish they would get rid of that because then they actually open up the pool a lot more. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. then you'd be able to connect you know, the kids to, to job sites a lot easier, mm-hmm. right? But they have to have this red seal, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, no, it's, it's been great. I, I was able to contact the ministry and basically said like, listen, I've been in the industry this long, I've been working and they gave me the, a, a license to train. So as long as they get, as long as I follow the big book that they gave me. A license. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm licensed to train. You're licensed to train an apprentice. Apprentice. Yep. Yeah. Because carpentry is not a, a regulated yeah, it's straight. Not, it's not, not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet. So yeah, that's how that works. What's and in then, the book? Uh, just everything about the course. Like th- basically the course in the book. Did you yeah. go through it? Uh, I opened a book. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man, yeah. I'll be honest. I've never yeah. went through the whole OBC. I usually go yeah. through the OBC whenever. Oh, the OBC is. Yeah, there's something that comes up. Yeah. Let me flip to that page yeah. and then yeah. I'll look at it and, I'll, yeah. and then I, I've gone through the OBC now. Yeah. But regarding the rest of the OBC, no. no. I, I only break, like, it only goes up when it comes up, right? Yep. That's it. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, as for the book, uh, yeah. I'll but we get great hands-on experience though. Yep. When you're l- figuring out that problem, probably better than the inspectors oh, that have read sure. the book, right? So. Yeah. Yep. So. But it's yeah, it's interesting. Now we're, we're trying to fill the void of tradespeople, mm-hmm. but you know the government's kind of tying our hands on letting more and more of us help with that void. So yep. why not just open it up? Why is it, I guess, because they want to somehow go through the organizations and then sometimes I just wish if you would just get rid of all the organizations, it'd be a lot faster of a system, right? Yeah. And you'd probably get a lot more building going on. Oh, for sure. And like with the apprenticeship program, it's not, not all that easy to sign somebody up. It's, no. it's a long, lengthy process. So we don't, I don't sign anybody up until they've been with us for a little while to make sure they're actually sticking around and, and willing to actually. Plus just you don't in. know where he or she's going to, if they're going to stick around, if they want it, or if this is the trade that they want, right? They might want to do something else. We don't yeah. know, right? So they have to still discover it. Since 1991, Mississauga Hardware Centers, MHCI, or Saga Tools as the cool kids call it, has been a trusted name in the construction supply industry, serving the greater Toronto area as a family-founded, owned, and operated company. They take pride in their reputation as one of the most respected construction supply providers in the GTA. At MHCI, they stand out for their commitment to fast and efficient service. Their team of friendly, courteous, and knowledgeable staff is available to assist you with any questions you may have. They understand the importance of product knowledge and strive to provide an unsurpassed level of expertise to their valued customers. They take pride in their ability to purchase large volumes of products directly from manufacturers worldwide. This enables them to pass on substantial savings to their customers. Whether you're embarking on a do-it-yourself project, constructing a multi-million dollar building, or involved in city infrastructure development. Their products and prices remain highly competitive within the industry. 
Order online at www.mississaugahardware.com or better yet, go and visit them in person and always check out what's happening on their social at Mississauga Hardware Center with C-E-N-T-R-E. Like yeah. You kind of grew into it. You had some family that was doing it, so you saw what it was all about. Your childhood, I guess, would have been your apprenticeship Yep, at that point, right? So these kids are brand new coming into the industry. They're still getting the taste of the industry like that fast, and then they're discovering, okay, well, I don't really like this as much. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in this. So then they leave, and then that's not a success, I guess, in their eyes. Yeah. yeah we typically bring in an apprentice or a, sorry, a co-op student from the high, local high schools, and uh, yeah, big difference in people. So uh our our current apprentice he uh yeah he he uh was really good <laughs> compared to the rest of the guys it was what made uh, him so good uh just comfort around tools like he was just he just grabbed the drill kid and, yeah 18, yeah kid, 18 yeah wow. 17 18 cell phone wasn't out it was like holy was like whoa it's where like, was it uh probably in his pocket but just <laughs> not actually like on it all the time um so yeah i picked up a tool and away he went Started demo and was actually really interested in it, um, and then uh, we were laying hardwood and uh, on our flip house there, uh, and he was just banging it in with me right alongside. I'm like, great, all right, this works. And then he sure, sure enough, his co-op got shortened because of COVID, uh, but he was the first to call as soon as school was out, looking for a job. I'm like, sure, come on by. So and he's been up. with you for how long now? Uh, since COVID, so we're going on three years. Oh wow. Yep. Yep. So, so he'll probably stick around for a while. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, he's good. So now your job is to try to find more versions of him. Love to, yeah, yeah. Right. Do you have the work for it? You have the work for it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good. And then if we're getting into the bigger builds, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, bring on, uh, bring on another guy for sure. Easy. Yeah. What are some of the challenges, Kyle, Kyle that you're looking at? Um, I guess when you get into the bigger builds, like what are you looking to try to achieve? What, what are some details in homes that you're looking at? Uh, we like the idea of those duplex uh, builds for uh, uh, multifamily. Yeah, smaller um, footprint, yep. trying to figure out spacing-wise, making it work as nice as possible. Yeah, I think that's where it's at. It's, uh, it, it's getting harder and harder to buy a house for some, some of the age groups here. And uh, so if you're to be able to provide something that's able to offset some of your income, um, that's a uh, way to go. We, uh, we finished a duplex conversion on our last flip. Um, it was a single uh, bungalow in Georgetown there. square feet? Uh, nine, 950 on the main. Okay. Yeah. size. Yeah. yeah. So we managed to do a two-bedroom in the basement uh, unit, suite, uh, full kitchen, laundry, the whole bit. And uh, it was about 800 square feet in the basement. Hmm. So nice unit. And uh, post, posted that in April of this year, and it sold within two days. Yeah. Wow. So it was a nice one. and. They uh, they go over pretty easy the uh, duplex conversion. Yeah. So How long is the construction? That one there we we were just doing it on the side. We always we had our day to day work, yeah, but yeah. Uh, anytime the guys were free, we would just send them over there. Um, they could do a little bit of work, so whether it be painting, trim work, whatever, lay some floors. Um, but that one there we picked it up middle of September and we sold it in April. So yeah, just just something on the side. That's pretty quick, yeah. man. So always nice to have one of those flips on the side. So the regular business going and then the sides, you got some flips going on. Yep. What do you see in the next five years? Like, how do you see things kind of unfolding? Are you kind of the, uh, the, I don't think the flips are there. It's, it's so hard to get on the buy. Um, unless we're still asking too much. So they're asking too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the idea was maybe even rent that one, but market rent would be high enough to just barely, uh, cover itself. 
And now with the interest rate hike, it just doesn't it doesn't cash flow. The pool the pool of people that are interested is just dwindling, right? That's yep. the problem. So, yep. so, um, but uh, moving into I think the the spec build uh, um, for multifamily would be a, a good way to go. Um, I think that's kind of the, the way we'd like to move towards. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm always curious about where you're planning on taking the business once you try to figure out like the problems that you figure out at the beginning of the business. And then, you know, this is, construct- this is construction. So all of a sudden there's going to be more and more problems, right? Yep. So how do you guys see it moving forward? Like the, are the younger generation thinking as much as we're thinking? I don't know. Are they just rolling in going, there's work. Yep. Monday to Friday. Next week's good. Yeah. Next month's good. It's, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they think that much into it it's just they're working on what's happening right now and and then they're not really looking to see what's what's coming down the pipe as much are you letting them in on some of it thinking that okay this might be a concern this might not be we do yeah um trying to do more of it um as uh, we're trying to get into the more weekly meetings uh we, we do a weekly meeting but it might be mondays weeks. or fridays uh we're trying fridays okay because you know the black shops before gotta, or after beer uh, the, the beers don't crack until uh, the meeting's done. So, okay. yeah. So that's a good thing. So yeah. we get a productive meeting at that point. Yeah. yeah. So actually, it's kind of interesting doing it on Fridays. It makes sense, kind of. Yeah. We're You've got the week to think about it. Yeah. And uh, you can sit there and say, okay, these are the problems I came up with. Uh, let's go job by job and say, okay, what did you run into? And then what do we need for next week? So at least the guys know where they're going for thing Monday morning. And I'm not getting the phone calls. Hey, where am I today? Where am I today? Plus, you get them spinning their wheels over the weekend, even though they're on their own time. They're yep. thinking about what was discussed, what was experienced the previous week, and then they're coming in. If they care about your business and they care about the industry, yep. then they're coming in on Monday morning with conversation that is contributing to solutions, mm-hmm. yep. which kind of makes sense. Because now you just go back onto a productive path, right? Yep. Which is really good for, for you as a business owner. It makes a lot of sense. And, and even still, like, here you are, it's, you're working on a Friday afternoon, and you say, okay, well, we're working over here next week. Grab those tools. Like, let's not leave those tools on that job site, which... Makes sense. Yeah, so just kind of some planning ahead. So I think the Fridays are going to work. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yep. What's, uh, what's I guess, design-wise, who's, uh, are you, uh, who's helping you with design things because you're doing specs or you're doing flips? Uh, right now with flips and stuff like that, we've got a few designers uh, locally to us that okay. we're working with. Um, nothing's in house, uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe down the road we get somebody in. You get some. You're you're casually working with each other. Yep. And then they're making suggestions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what What's the landscape looking like? Are we still doing shaker kitchens? Or are we still doing shakers? Are just kind of your standard kitchen, yeah, standard, and, right? And then, yeah. yeah. Um, and then some sort of stone top, and then if we want to yep. splurge, waterfall, I guess, and then yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the quartz is big. I uh, haven't done much granite lately. Um, most people are into the quartz. I don't. I'd love to do more stone shows. I'd love to get Doctor uh, Marble back on the show, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, I like natural stones, man. I just totally. I like imperfections in stones. I like. I don't like fake looking stone, which yeah. is quartz, right? Which is quartz. Yeah. But I get it. Like you, the salespeople do the whole great selling marketing side of it's you know maintenance free, which is. Yes, it's not necessarily. There's always yeah. a chance that something can go chip, wrong. Chip here, there's a chip, chip or no, but it's something you have yeah. like a stain. Like a, yeah. it still can do something, but there's also a solution to fix that something. But the better thing is with natural stones like granite, 
there's a better and easier way to fix it and make it look like less than it was a problem at some point, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, the epoxies, if you if you really look closely in most granite, you'll see that there's just epoxy everywhere to, to fill in those voids. If you don't know, you're not going to see you it. You wouldn't know. You would think that's just Mother yeah. Nature yeah. there, right? But if you actually look closely, you'll see it's just straight epoxy, yeah, a big black vein. It's actually epoxy. So nobody's taking, like, I'm just, just nobody's taking risks, eh? No. I haven't had a design meeting in a while, that's why. Yeah. So I yeah. think I just, uh, my eyes were rolling so many times that I just had to walk away. Yeah, no, it's uh, right now it's with our designs we're working with, things are just taking off a little slower. People are taking time to think about it. Um, I haven't had much for larger larger additions right now. It's been a little, little cool. It's kind of cooled off a bit. Yeah. But do your clients like pull out the iPad and start showing their Pinterest page and their house selects, yeah, whatever I've, it is? Actually, it wasn't too long ago. Someone was actually pulling out magazine pages magazines i was like whoa this is they were doing tears huh yeah yeah wow. i was like i like this they had a folder and they pull out the tears yeah yeah for sure i was like okay question is did they buy all the magazines or just tear it from the the magazine stand <laughs> i don't know that's the question right <laughs> yeah yeah but the interior designer it, the interior designer worked with it uh she loved it it was like i've not seen tears since like the 90s man yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, no sorry my interior designer yeah so, wow yeah but uh, yeah, what were they showing? What were some of the ideas that they were? I uh, just loved the the oak, uh, and they liked the um, cortison red oak uh, for kitchen cabinetry. Of course, uh, they liked uh, the larger range, but lots of a lot of windows. So, and that's kind of typical these days, right? Yeah. Uh, what else was there on that? Big hood. Big hood. Yeah. Blue with gold handles, so that she had her vision. Blue cabinets with gold handles. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, that kind of rose rose gold. You know. Did they go that route? Did they? They are, did. Are, they yeah. are. Yeah. They did. Really? They did. Yeah, yeah. It was blue cabinets around the perimeter for the bases. Uh, the island was uh, quarterson red oak. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice, nice finish. Yeah. Young couple? No, uh, no uh, probably in their fifties. Yeah. Smart couple. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, they they knew what they were. They, they knew what they wanted. Yep. They probably live with a shaker the whole time. Yeah. They want yeah. at least something interesting. Blue with gold, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was kind of cool. That yeah. works really well. What was yeah. the backsplash that they chose? Backsplash was like four tiles. It was like right to the ceiling, just four large. Yeah, they four, definitely know what they wanted. Yeah. They four didn't want grout lines. They didn't want to deal with anything. They just yeah. wanted a clean piece of stone. Yeah. And it was simple. book matched. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. That makes sense. Yeah. Stainless yeah. steel sink or, or black sink? or uh, Stainless. This, just a stone. Stone on that one was a quartz, yeah, quartz co came in on that one. What color? Would um, you know which one? It was just a white, there gray, you go. white gray veining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, you just, go. yeah. I'm a total guy, right? White. Yep. <laughs> wood floor. Wood floor. Wood floor was a nice Coswick, uh, with a what was it a wax finish? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Nice stuff. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like. You know how you get kitchens and you have the sinks and you always want to put a window there. I kind of like when you have the opportunity to lower that window down to almost counter height. Yep. I kind of like that. The problem is that people don't, nobody tells the client, you're going to get splashes all over that window. Mm -hmm. You're going to be constantly cleaning, wiping water droplets because when you rinse something, wash your hands, something or do something at the sink there, you're going to get some splashing going on. At the, at the window side, right? This one here was good. They did that it just exactly what you said, is ran the countertop right into the windowsill. Uh, but nice. those two windows that we did uh, were actually overlooking the ravine in the back, and their kitchen sink was in the island. So 
that was kind of a, a nice bonus there. So, if so they, they avoided that. So they, they avoided at least look issue. outside, and it's yeah. nice, and you don't have to deal with yeah. the, the window always being messed yeah. up. And they loved it because Ravine Lot, they're looking down on their pool now, so they can actually see the, the view. That yeah. must have been a nice job. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the right after our flip. Yeah, wow. so it was. Uh, that was just the kitchen reno, or what? The that was a main floor reno with an addition above the garage. Yeah, so we put a master bedroom with ensuite, walk-in closet, uh, just above the garage. So they were uh, a family of uh, six, so they were look, bursting at the seams. So they need that extra room. Wow. Yeah, the the boys were sharing room. So. What are some of the things that the clients are asking for that you're kind of just shaking your head that you don't really need to do this anymore? It's not there. Um, what was a recent one? I don't know. Like yeah. sometimes when I bring up linen closets, you get designers freaking out because they're like, no, you need that space. You need that space. And I'm like, if you design a master bath a certain way, or if you design yeah. en-suites a certain way, you technically don't need a linen closet, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've done uh, just larger walk-ins in that case. Yeah. Than linens. Um, I can't say I've done a linen closet lately. I had one client, we did a, a in-law suite, not one closet in the whole thing. It was just cabinets in the kitchen. With one, which was the broom cabinet. Yeah. And then uh, the master bedroom just had cabinetry for like dressers and stuff like that. But not a, not at a closet anywhere. Do you like it? I kind of um, like it. Yeah. I, I kind of liked it, but you're still thinking like where your coat's going. It might have been just hooks, but yeah. It's just, it's, I, I like it because I think it makes the room feel bigger. Yeah. But you get less usable space for seasonal things so closets are a nice place let's say on the top there that you can put whatever luggage or certain things that you use like the winter coats or whatever like you get space right yep. but if you don't have any closets there and you're using cabinetry you, you're building cabinetry that's going into that corner you can't really use those little nooks and crannies inside the cabinetry right. the same way as you could a closet that's why yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah. it's always on the fence right yeah they're, they're working with 600 square feet for the in-law suite sort of deal so I guess uh, more elbow room was what they're looking for. It's, I think that, especially in North America, everyone's just spoiled that. Like, if you tell somebody the house is 3,000 square feet, they're like, that's all? Is that all? Yeah. Really? How can you survive there with two kids? Like, I don't understand how you survive there with two kids, right? Yeah, I know uh, in Georgetown, uh, our old neighbors were there in a 950-square-foot bungalow uh, with three kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, where did everybody fit? It was a three-bedroom. And it, that's what they did back then. Yeah. It was simple. The parents in one bedroom, the yeah. oldest the eldest in the one bedroom, and the other two shared. Yep. That's generally how it worked, right? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Would have been snug, but... We were we were <laughs> five kids with three bedrooms. So the three boys were in one bedroom, two boys, two girls were in the other bedroom, and the parents were in the third bedroom. And that was it. That was the deal. One bathroom for the whole house, right? Yeah. Until the basement got <laughs> renovated. And then that wasn't even a three-piece. I think that was just a two-piece that was renovated in the basement. And uh, it worked. But I guess it's not until you're shown it or given it that you realize, oh, this is so much more space, so you need it. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think that you need all this stuff. And now it's kind of funny that we're going the reverse, where we're building these duplexes and these laneway homes and the granny suites, and, and we're getting Tiny smarter. Homes. Yeah. And the tiny homes. Yeah, and the <laughs> tiny homes as well, too. Yeah. Like, I've been in several tiny homes, and it's just, it's a different mindset. It mm-hmm. is, but you get people that are so used to these McMansions, and they're like, no, it's got to be a five-bedroom, all-on suite, master suite, master, like, the master yeah. bathroom's got to be bigger than 
two bedrooms combined, it's got to be monstrous, right? Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be nice. <laughs> it's great, but it's do great. you really need it if you don't have the family for it? Or even if yeah. you did have the family for it, would you really want it because it's just going to be destroyed, right? Yeah. yeah. And you got to clean it. Then you got to clean it. Yeah. A lot of clients don't understand the maintenance of a home. They'll always ask yeah. for certain things that you know from your experience that the maintenance behind this is going to be a pain in the ass, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you, you try to convince them not to do it because you've been down this road before where you've done something for a client. They wanted it. You saw it. Years later, you get these phone calls. It's not your fault. It's just like you explain to them that this potentially might happen. Then it obviously it happens. And then you try to convince another client, don't go down that road. Yeah. It won't work this way, right? Yeah. So, Yeah, we had one client uh, looking to do a big addition, uh, all the siding and everything to be redone, and they wanted uh, old barn board for siding. So outside? They, yeah, outside. Exterior, all barn board. And I'm like, how are we going to make sure this is, A, waterproof? It's not. It not going to rot and like that. And then, then asked about my warranty. I'm it like, won't have it. It's going to, it's going to, yeah. It'll become powder. It's like it won't. So, how did you convince them not to do it? Uh, I basically said, I'm not interested in the job. I, I walked away from it. Yeah. I came to the point where it's like you were pushing me to use your trades, your, oh, your, it was your one guys. Of those, yeah. yeah, one of those. And I just like red flag and I was like, you know what? I did your deck in the past. Uh, he's a repeat client. Brought me in on their addition, and I just turned around. Said, yeah, but no. a, a deck is this, yep. and the house is this. It's two different animals, right? Yeah, and uh, very uh, like everybody. Everybody on that street is your traditional house. It's a it's a gable end, like it's a just a gable roof, right? And he wanted to go all flat roof, futuristic looking, and I was like, eh. with the barn board, with barn board. So yeah. he wanted to go ultra contemporary. Yeah. And then he wanted to throw the barn board on there. What year was this? This was just, uh, it would have been 2019. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of material that he could have used that would have looked very close to barn board, but yeah. still had all the function of proper cladding. Yeah. But he was going to pay a mint. He would have paid so much money for it. For this barn board, which yeah. was like just off someone's barn, basically. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't purpose built. It was just recycled, reused. Yep. See, again, that's the situation where I always kind of come up with where it's like you try to educate the client and they think that you're trying to upsell them yep. or you're trying to deceive them, but you're literally trying to educate them to explain to them that this will fail. I just don't know when or how long it's going to take, but it's going to fail, right? Yeah. And I don't think you should go this route, but they don't want to listen. And then the other flip side, like what you mentioned, they wanted you to use some of their trades, which... Which is like... It's going to just like, how can you guarantee your schedule? How can you guarantee your work scope, flow, everything? You can't... There's You're at the mercy of their trades. Yeah. Why do you think clients are asking for that? Let's all just join together and we work as a kumbaya kind of construction company. I think they're, they've already done their research. They've already found a good price on this maybe. and But they have no idea on the quality of their, their work, right? Um and, uh, and that's why we've gone, uh, gone towards design build. Um, and over the years, like, I mean, I was only five years in at that point in 2019, right? Uh, and I basically said to him, like, I'll entertain it. But then after you think about it, it's like, no, not doing it. Yeah, I've been to that show before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so now it's, uh, we're, we're moved into design build uh, area so that we're quoting our projects and we're basically uh, consulting with them to get their design so that they can actually take it to permit. Smart. Um, 
So that way there we can give our input on the product choices, reasons why. So you're educating as they're designing. And that's, it, you catch it right at the ground, the starting point. Say, this is why we're doing this. A, it's in your budget. B, I know you don't like maintenance. So why don't you just go with the vinyl siding? It's budget friendly, maintenance free. Just go with the vinyl siding, right? Because that's the tear that they don't have. Yep. That they don't like, and they you're trying to convince them to like it, and they don't want to like it because they get so. I've seen this so many times where they get so emotionally attached to what they want. They've hired you because of your recommendations and who's spoken highly of you and the work that you've performed, and then they question everything. And then what happens is you have this butting of the heads during the entire process. And then all of a sudden, two, three years later, they sell the property. Yep. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen jobs where I fought over budgets and just like, we can't do this. this you can't afford it. You can't do all this stuff, whatever. Finish the job, deliver, take a hit. You, you achieve everything you're supposed to achieve. And then all of a sudden, you're just curious. So you pass by and all of a sudden, there's a pool bin put in the backyard. Like, okay, so why did we have all this fighting over the numbers and the budget? Now I understand why we had it, because you guys were trying to save oh. for the pool in the backyard later on. But no, never a conversation with me about there's going to be a pool in the backyard one day. Yep. Which was going to happen real quick. It, it probably started maybe a few months after I left and it was finished, yeah. right? No, I've, I've had those conversations. And <sighs> you drive by and there's a brand new vehicle in the driveway. And you're like, but they still... They still owe me, and they said they needed a couple. <laughs> they needed a couple months. Oh, I see why mm. they need a new vehicle. But uh, but yeah, we we went design build because uh, a lot of the projects that we were coming across, we're sitting there and we're trying to make the numbers work so that they can. They've got it on paper. They got permit right. But trying is it to, your responsibility, Kyle, to make the numbers work? No, but you're like they're coming to you, and they may have given us a budget, but you're you're trying to get the job because you're really interested in it right yeah it really perks your interest it's like oh yeah this is this would be great you know the, the crew loves it it'll be a great job and then sure enough it's like you're the bad guy because you just come in like way over budget and i'm like well sorry your designer had no idea on building costs like let me ask you this kyle would you be more successful as a gc if you literally took no opinion about the selection process of every job that you worked on versus if you had such a tie to every selection that's presented that you wanted to educate, explain ups and downs, negatives, pros and cons, all that stuff. Right. I just feel that if you're like this just level headed GC and you mm -hmm. just come in, nothing phases them and the client keeps on asking you for all these things, and you're just like, fine, sure, great, whatever. This is what we're going to do. This is what we scoped out. You want to change it? Fine, here, sign this. Literally like you're a robot. You're just yeah. a GC yeah. robot, and you just do that, versus being the, the, the GC that has such an emotional connection to the process of building. I just don't, which one do you think, I, I know which one will have a healthier life. Yeah. Right? I just, yeah. I, 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 I've I seen these GCs, right, that they just, kind of level they just go yeah. in they roll with the punches right i think you're you're gonna you might not get the trust of the client like you're not going to be uh, able to have that conversation just a just a casual conversation with so them. you need it, to invest into their conversation into yeah. their home yeah you're but then they bite turn around and bite you in the ass for it later on when yeah. you actually let's say your product that you suggested is is more expensive yeah oh yeah they'll bite the hand that that's what it's I mean. Trying to help them. So right? we can't, like, that's why I've yeah. said over and over yeah. so many times on the show, your worst can always be your best client, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yep. It just can't happen. But it, it can work the other way. I did sure. one, I did one job. Sure. Um, my one designer was busy, so I sent them all over to another one that was, I've used them a couple times for a couple basement jobs. So I went to that designer, had the drawings done up. Sure enough, we go to do the job, and I'm looking at the products that are spec'd out, and I'm looking at this like, why? Like, why are we doing rock wool, exterior foam, uh, exterior mineral uh, wool uh, board, right? Rock wool board. It's costly, and i got to buy it by the skid if I need that one extra piece, right? And sure enough, uh, no spray foam allowed in the, any of the build. So homeowners didn't want it? Nope. It was the okay. designer. Designer was the all, designer didn't want the it. The designer was all green. He goes, nope, this is the way I design. And so I'm asking the homeowners, like, are you okay with spray foam? Yeah. Well, why? Like, I, I don't have anything against it. I said, well, A, it's a better performer, and it'll, it'll, get, it'll achieve what you want a lot easier. Oh, yeah, no problem. And I said, what about exterior foam board? Can we just go like the normal ener- energy foil uh, board? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, good. It's readily available. <laughs> so here I am. I'm, I'm going through it, and it's still meeting the requirements, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was, to the designer's point, it, not green enough for him. Yeah. So he was, he was designing it to his c- category. Yeah. Well, or his okay. preference. How do I answer this one? Um, rock wool, it's not a green product. If it's installed correctly into the building system, Mm -hmm. it creates a greener home, but a lot like EV batteries, they're not green, but the moment you're using those batteries in the EV unit, Mm -hmm. sure, they're green and they're emitting less emissions, right? So to get to that point, is not green. Yep. To use it into the system is green. So you have those two arguments that you can share. But I, you get a lot of designers and architects that are just set in their ways that this is it, this is done. But you as a GC, you're using this product and you've seen it. And you've seen, the, I guess, the pitfalls regarding security. It's not easy to put that stuff on the exterior. No, no. And, and then also, and what's the, ex- yeah, the exterior cladding. Yeah. Now you have to strap it a certain way. Now you have to yep. use torque screws or what have you that have to catch studs at a certain, like it becomes a bigger deal, which basically means that you have to look back at it and go, well, I'm going to charge you this much for this green quote, quote, you know, assembly that you want me to create, which is totally fine. And I'll do that. I don't have a problem with it. Right. So I've also like, I believe in spray foam. It has its applications. Sure. It's not green, but I'm going down the same path as the EV. I'm still going down the same path of how the heat is, brought up on rock wall and everything like that. So it's the same thing. But when you actually install it in certain, there's certain parts of a home, you can't bat it. Yep. You can't vapor barrier seal it. You can't tuck tape it to death. Like there's certain design wise that you can't, it just doesn't work. Well, the ceiling of a garage, your, your yeah. best performer would be the spray foam. And that's, yeah. that's typically our, our first go-to is or the spray foam, right? So that you, you, it's almost like you got to understand all the products. That's why I've always said that there's no one bulletproof product that will take care of the entire house. It doesn't work that way. Right. But a lot of creative marketing will tell you that it does work that way. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then you can have all these meetings you want a passive meeting and get this passive certification and do all this other stuff. Sure. But you literally have to build it a certain way, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so the moment you start telling, let's say the designer that, okay, fine, you want to go that way green wise, then why are we doing this for the flooring? Why are we using this material for the walls? Why are we doing all this stuff? I don't understand why we're doing all this stuff. Why don't we do other materials that are more green, right? So right, right. I'd love to do more green shows and passive and just explain the whole thing, how 
we recently did a sound show that I wanted to explain sound transmission mm-hmm. and how there's certain products on the market right now. The concrete aggregates and construction industry is always evolving. With an ever-changing industry, it's crucial to stay up to date on the latest technology and techniques. Come to the Canadian Concrete Expo to keep your skills sharp and upgrade your knowledge to meet the needs of today's market. The Canadian Concrete Expo offers over 40 conference sessions, certification courses, stage presentations, and live large equipment demos all in one convenient location. February 14th and 15th at the International Centre in Toronto. If you haven't looked it up yet, go to the CanadianConcreteExpo.com and sign up for the newsletter to get special show offers direct to your inbox. They keep on selling themselves as soundproofing. And right now, I'm telling you right now, the fact is soundproofing doesn't exist. It's no such term. There's no such thing as removing a complete sound from an environment. So right. there's sound mitigation, right? So it's like you have to understand how you can control the sound and stop the sound from transmission. That's how you're doing it. There's no such thing as soundproofing. Yeah. So how much time do you want to spend educating your clients? How much time do you want to spend educating That's just architects, like, designers, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that? And then if it's going to fall on deaf ears, then I'm, like, I'm wasting my time, and I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah. see you later. Yeah. So uh, we found uh, design build, it kind of streamlines things. Uh, you can hammer out a lot of questions real quick because you're sitting there having design meetings with them, and usually I can get away with just one design meeting with them. And then the designer is just kind of working with different layouts. Um, so you can kind of ha- hammer out a few of them. No, our, our builds are pretty simple. Like they're, they're not, we're not doing grand places. Uh, um, kind of mo- modest homes sort of deal. Uh, so yeah, it, it's pretty easy on the selections. Um, but uh, like if someone's looking at aluminum siding, like Camclad, I'm like, that's going to hurt your budget, right? Or wood siding, that's going to hurt your budget. Like you can go to it, the vinyl siding. Um, It'll uh, go up a lot quicker, maintenance-wise, a lot, a lot easier. So, yeah. I guess the real test is I never understood how clients understood their budget. Like I've joked, their budget is dictated by what they're allowed to get from the bank or whatever they have as a savings, right? So that's their budget. But they didn't do what you and I do or what anybody that works in the trades does. You buy material, you cost it out on what it cost to have that material delivered to site you figure out what the labor force is behind that material to install it and then you have a markup you have your profit and that's your cost but they have a selection process of applying to a bank and getting a loan or getting a line of credit or having funds that are withdrawn cashing out certain investments and that's their budget yeah the two they're they don't they're, meet they don't there's they no, never meet there's no connection it's, so it's like you try to educate the client going i'm right you're wrong Yep. because these are what the numbers are going to be like. I'll tell you an interesting story, and, and I know he's listening. He's probably going to get to the show eventually because he started from number one. He actually sent me some drawings for a house, right? Decent-sized house. And he was like, listen, don't spend too much time, Manny. Just give me a ballpark what you think, right? And so, sure, I look at this house, and it's a, it's a remodel. So talk about Americans. It's, it's, it's a renovation where it's like a, it's, a, it's a bungalow that's going to be adding a half second story, but they're rebuilding the, the main story. So the garage right. is being moved from the back to the front. So you have to rebuild the whole foundation for the garage side of things, right? So there's, there's a, quite a bit. Pretty much a lot of the house is going to get redone, right? But they wanted to do this. And my first question to him was, why don't they just tear this down? Because no, he wants to stay there and he wants to live there. And I'm like, okay, all right, fine. That's not a big thing. So he was asking me, so what do you think? I'm looking at this and I'm breaking it down. I'm looking at all the drawings. And I'm like, me, you're in around 800. 
I say you're probably even closer to 900 to build mm -hmm. like construction costs to pull this off, right? So he goes, yeah, I came in at 750. I go, yeah, that makes about sense to me, right? 750 plus your tax and your whatever yeah. little bells and whistles you're going to change at that point. So yeah. it was funny. I just quickly looked at it and he quickly looked at it and the ballpark was very similar. So the client tells him, sorry, you're, you're out to lunch because we've already gotten some written quotes for 350. So we're trying to figure out whose calculator is running on solar power here and is not working, right? Because how do you look at this build and think that it's less than half of what we're estimating it's going to be? Yep. Where's the profitability there? I don't understand. Is this a builder that submitted a price just to get the job where they're going to turn around and go, okay, well, we just excavated. We just discovered something. We just need to give you a, uh, another notice that we need to Change increase order. the price. Yeah. So eventually over the course of this build, you're going to get to 750. Mm -hmm. And then we're the bad guy at that point. But yep. you can't. And I, I said to the GC that reached out and asked me to do this, I go, don't expect, a, like, you're going to get a phone call six months down the line. Mm -hmm when things are not working out and things have cost too much money and he has, and he's getting upset and now he wants you to come in to finish it. Don't, don't be surprised by that. Right. Yep. So I guess guys are just underpinning just to get the work. And then the client doesn't want to listen to somebody who's actually real. Yeah. It's uh and then, and then there's also the one he said that he had multiple quotes. Yeah. Around multiple. that price. He wow. Had, I think it was two or three quotes at that yeah. price point. And I'm yeah. like, there's no way. no way. Yeah. There's it's, no way. Yeah. I've, I've had clients come back and say, Oh wow, you're, you're way out. Like way over budget on that. I'm like, I go back, check your numbers, check them again, and I'm like, no. Um, and then you just have to, you have to learn to just walk away. Like, if how the many numbers, quotes do the clients usually get at that point? Uh, it depends on the client, but like typically they're they're trying to get their three. They're, they're, I've had one client come out for and say that they got six prices, and I was like, well, so what are you were, coming to me for? Where were the? Yeah, exactly. Now yeah. they're just fishing at that yeah. point. They're looking for the lowest. But price. so, if they got six prices, do they ever tell you what the range was? Were no. they getting three or four that was in your ballpark, and they were getting two or three that was much dramatically less? Is that what they're and, doing? And in that case, they were not giving out any any numbers. Like they were totally waiting for me to present them an estimate, and I just walked away on that one. I was like. What, Smart. what am I going to do? Be a six one? Am I going to be like, there's no way I'm going to be. You know, sometimes cause it's the best feeling when you walk away. Yep. Cause then you're like going, you know what? I got the afternoon off. I went to go do the price. I'm not mm -hmm. doing this job. Yep. I'm going to get an espresso. It's, it's a hard one to, <laughs> it's a hard one to say, to just say, sorry, I can't, I'm not providing a price to you. Cause in, in general, you, you want to be able to do the jobs. Uh, the, if the job looks great and if it's, if it's what you want to do, uh, it is hard to to walk away sometimes because you don't know you don't know what's coming down the pipe either, right? I mean, it, we've come out of busy times, right? So, so yeah. then, but um, we've seen all the the trades or GCs that have taken on jobs that they could have stayed at home and made more money because they would never have had mm -hmm. the loss. Yeah, they could have stayed home the whole time and still made more mm -hmm. money. Yeah, we're, we were coming into uh, into COVID with the rising price of materials and all that, and we were with a, a coach at the time, and he goes, wow, he goes, you're cost plus. He goes, you're doing all right. You're, you're going to do all right. Like, mind you, what we did say to the clients is that, you know, like for the, what the cost was when we bidded, recorded your job and gave you a budget on it, uh, the increase in material, we're not going to make profit off that. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just charge you for the increase in cost, yeah. but we're not going to tack on for that just to ease the blow a bit. But, um, and that's how we worked with some of our clients coming into those times. It was, it wasn't fair. Like what, what it goes up 
two by fours went from two dollars and forty cents to ten dollars, eleven dollars a piece. But that's how you're you're running a business and you need to be profitable, right? Yep. So it's like you have to cover yourself. Yep. How many times can you do a job and lose and then continue mm. to do the job? You yeah. can't do that, right? No. No. So I go back to you stay at home and you'd make more money because you haven't lost the money. Mm-hmm. So So with the with the cost plus model that we ran, uh or we've been running, always have, um, it's been it's been good that way. Like for for rising costs. Do yeah. do your guys, especially the younger guys, do they see the amount of work that's involved your on your plate? Or do they think that Kyle's making all this cake, they're doing really well, business is good, we've got lots of work, he must be he should be upgrading his truck or something like that. He should be upgrading this and all this other stuff. Do they have like a blind side to There's a bit of a blind side, like I'll get a call at ten thirty at night where it's a raccoons in the attic. This is just recent. Ten thirty at night, I'm going over there and I'm pulling down a piece of software work that just got put up on Friday night and it's now ten thirty at Friday night and I'm pulling it down to allow that critter to get out of there. You putting the tool belt on the raccoon, get him to work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like phone calls like that or weekend, uh, get a phone call and hey, we have a leak and we haven't done shingles yet. We just got it fully tarped off, ready to go and yeah. I'm up there pulling another tarp. Sleep this night. Here's some buckets. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, those are the calls you get. That's just part yeah, of it. So that's all the inner workings that are going on that a lot of the younger guys don't understand yeah. that this is all part of their job, right? Their scope. Yeah. yeah. So you come in on Monday and it's like, yeah, I was over here on Saturday doing this. And they're like, oh, really? Got a phone yeah. call here. Got a phone yeah. call there. Phone call there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This year has been crazy. Guys that are doing big, big additions, pulling roofs off houses. These rainstorms that we got this year, they've it rolled in qu- yeah. real quick. It's funny how I we haven't bad. had any rain lately. It's been really quiet lately. Yeah. But during the yeah during the summer, we had just like it, it just showed up. Yeah. It was almost like a switch, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was they roll in quick, and you couldn't pull a tarp that quick on some of those. Yeah, yeah. And now you're so. going to eat some of the damage. So now you're eating to profit. We we have in the past. Yeah, yeah. I had those conversations. Yeah, makes you like, wonder why you get into the game, huh? Yeah, yeah. Those are. Yeah, you walk away and you say, well, you know, I didn't make as much as I wanted on that one because we had to fork out for items like a freezer that you didn't even know was under the stairs, that the power was out. You didn't know there was a freezer stuck under there, and next thing you know, it's all thought out. It's like, well, shit, who would put a freezer there? <laughs> Can't even access it. <laughs> so but that's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. You just, you know what, keep the customer happy, and how much was it? But then you start realizing, like, it starts to add up. It's a running tab at that point, yeah. right? And then yeah. all you – are you seeing those numbers as it's being withdrawn from the profit on the business? It is. Um, but, I mean, you, you you win some, you lose some sort of deal. Yeah. 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 Um, in cases like that, it's it's kind of – you kind of try and factor it in somewhere, kind of re- recoup it on some other things. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you're just trying to keep a, a good relationship with the client, right? I mean – you're halfway through the project and you're going to you're going to stick it to them on on $200 worth of meat in the freezer. No, but it's it's my yep. problem is when it's like $200 this week, $200 next week, yep. and it keeps on adding up, right? That's yep. my problem when it starts yep. to kind of come to that point and you got to start to wonder, okay, how much am I going to eat at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just curious like Kyle, where are you getting your life lessons? Is it just from your own job sets or are you, are you actually taking the initiative to speak to other GCs out there? Yeah, we're do a little bit of networking. Yeah, we're doing some networking. Um, definitely, I mean, when there's time, try to meet up with other contractors in the area and just uh, talk and compare notes and yeah. 
and say like, well, I'm not the only one who's running into headaches like this, right? Or um, you getting a lot of them willing to share? They are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not really out to share numbers, sort of say, but just no process. Process. Yeah, yeah. like uh, came across a long time ago. Someone was tar- talking about builder trend, and we kind of went down that route. And then it was like builder trend, co-construct, builder trend, co-construct. So finally, we we bit the bullet, went builder trend, and it, it's good. The guys are the guys are in on it. They're yeah. they're liking it. Um, but it, it took a lot of conversations because a lot of guys were against it. It's like a lot of work on the back end, right? You basically set up. Yeah, it's a setup. Yeah. Um, and then the, everyone's got to contribute. Yep. So, um, but it's good. It's good to document what's going on. Yeah. Um, sharing notes like that is, is, is great, right? Uh, just another one is we came across uh, deals on trucks with uh, Landscape Ontario. Um, for oh, being a member of it, right? Yeah, being a member of it. Yep. There was, uh, at the time, it was like 20 grand off list for a truck. Well, geez, you're not going to shake a stick at that. I'll wow. give it a try. So, uh, we flip three trucks just every six months or eight months. They flip a truck, and uh, basically, in the end, it wasn't costing you anything. Now that's changed, but for for a couple of trucks there, we were able to uh, save some costs, and that's just through our through Landscape Ontario was one, one of the uh, ones that we we're working with. Yeah. Are you running all your numbers now in your business, where it's like you're calculating every single dime that's going through a job? Yeah, yeah, you we have are, to these days, right? We're uh, we just signed up recently with uh, check the level it's an accounting software yeah um it's it's good like okay. they are they're asking if there's not a receipt in they're asking for it uh if it's not marked billable it, they're asking hey was this billable what job is this for uh it, they're good it's uh, it's capturing everything what are you paying for that per month uh, was it like 1700 i think 1700 yeah. a month for, yep. for that one um t- totally worth it you're 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 watching keeps you in your, line. Keeps you in line. Checking your running costs. Uh, are you are you ca- are you ahead on uh, your your finding, financing or are you floating it? it tells you it'll just look at the graph. It's which a good is term. yeah then, yeah. So if you're if you're floating it, hey, get your invoicing together. Get it invoiced and get 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 your next draw. Yeah. No trade should be floating it. Yeah. And it ends up being like everyone we talk to says uh, they start floating a project at a certain point. But if you can just try and keep your draws coming in or keep your invoicing up to date. So we try and build bi-weekly, but man, in, in two weeks, you can build 50, 60 grand real quick. And then it's like, well, a week and a half ago, we were 50 grand ahead. And then kitchen pre- kitchen comes in and yeah, it all, it all adds up pretty so quick. It adds up very fast yep. at that point, yep. right? Yeah. But I just like, I think that everyone that gets into the game, they just want to people please the clients and all of a sudden they start floating it yep. and then... It gets too big. Been there. And then you, we've all been there. Yeah. We've yeah. all been there. You're just right? trying to please. You're just trying to make sure you get to the next milestone. I think it's smart to tell the kids just like treat $10 as if it's $1,000. Yeah. Like just treat it as if it's a huge amount of money that you shouldn't be floating it. Yeah. And then you should be having a conversation. And it doesn't, if you, if nobody wants to have the elephant in the room, just tough it out, man. Who gives a crap? Like yeah. you, you just have to have this conversation. So the clients weren't pressing you to move forward and keep on working press them to address these issues and let's get away. Like if they start talking, it's only $10. We're only $10 in your head. It's a thousand dollars, if not more. Right. So you have to treat it as if it's a large amount of money that has to stop the project and start the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. A construction loan. They're they're. I'd have to say they're the worst. A lot of times I, I can't ask, I ask for it out front. Uh, how are you financing? I don't need to know how much you got and what you're doing. 
but I do need to know. You're at the mercy of people who don't know anything about construction. Yeah. And it's like, are you doing a construction loan? And then a lot of times when they go in for financing, they start telling the, the bank, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're adding on. We're changing the footprint, right? So when they tell the bank that, right away, construction loan. So I, I, I educate them on that one so that they'll actually get financing that's readily available to them. And it'll be, don't tell them you're changing the footprint. Tell the bank that you're doing a renovation or in the States, remodel. <laughs> Simple, it's true. And there you are, now you got a HELOC or just a line of credit, easily accessible at any time. So then when I send you a bill, you pay. I, I get a check. You transfer. Yep, yeah, e-transfer or, yeah, or we, we use Pluto request funds, right? So it was just a software, just like e-transfer. Okay, really, yeah? But it's just a little higher value, so. What's the tra transaction fees on those? Uh, no different than e-transfer, e like buck e fifty maybe or something like that. Yeah, it's it's nothing crazy. I think it's so. Get, I guess it's like the an cost EFT. of like a check. It's basically. an EFT then, right? Bas basically, basically an EFT. Yeah. So, uh, but you can request thirty, forty thousand real quick, and no problem. Transfer comes over. It's it's a five day turnaround, but no different than if they handed you a check. Yeah, you're still gonna get that clearance. Yep. Yep. So in today's day and age, man, digital. Yeah. Transfer yeah. funds is easy. It's letting the client know that they have to transfer the funds. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. They're the yeah. ones that are delaying the process of transferring funds. The older age group are a little reluctant. They, they want to do checks. They want to do checks. They like they just like writing it all out. Yes, that yeah. checks. Yeah. Just everything should be digital. When it comes to that transfer of funds, it should be digital. That's yeah. all it is. You know why? Because it's instant. Yeah. In certain applications, it's almost instant, right? And when they do that transfer, it's like, okay, it'll be deposited on this date. Yes. Perfect. Everything's already yeah. set it's up. It's already been redrawn. Yes. It's in and travel tra transit and then you're also notified you get a, a, a email notification that the funds are transferring it's getting it and yep. then you know the date it's going to happen you check your account it's there then yep. -E, we're back yep. to work and we're yep. doing everything where everybody's and happy and at no point are you saying oh i gotta i gotta put a stop work order on because yeah. we're waiting on payment well if you see it in transit you just keep rolling right it kind of helps out a little bit but uh but yeah the construction loan is uh is is a pain like you hit those milestones, right? You're not getting the payment until those milestones hit. And the payment is usually not always the full amount that you need. Yep. So technically speaking, you're still floating a portion of it. Yep. You're happy because you got most of it, but you're still floating. Yep. Because right. you're still working towards the next draw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which that means that according to the bank or releasing those funds, you have to achieve the next milestone, mm -hmm. which means you're going to float even more at that point, right? So don't ever... Don't ever let that get ahead of you, man. No. no. And then I would, I totally put my terms down and said, okay, I need, these are the draws. And they turned around and said, no, these will be the draws. And I'm like, that doesn't work. And then that, that project didn't fly. It was because they found out it was going to, we were building on a cost plus basis. And they said, oh, well, cost plus, it's going to go 20% over. Always is. Well, I mean, it don't, all depends on the person doing the numbers. Yeah, right, and their choices, their finishes. That's what puts you over. I don't mean to say that clients are purposely doing this, but it seems like they want to figure out what's the best solution for their financial means, not understanding what's it going to cost you on your financial side regarding you running a business. You have people that you have to pay for, suppliers you have to pay for. You have to make a profit. Mm -hmm. So why is it that their life is so much more important than your life? Yeah, it should both be on yeah. the same page, right? So as much as you care about yours, you should care about mine, vice versa. Yeah. But it's not always the case, right? No. We're always painted yeah. as a bad guy. Yep. 
And we're always last. Yep. So. Yeah, it's the nice bad guy. Yeah. That's what we are. We're the nice bad guy, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. So it's unfortunate. But And then you don't learn these hard knocks until later on in life when you've had a, enough screw, uh, scars, uh, you know, from jobs that have been going on, right? So. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it makes me wonder how young GCs are so eager to get right into the game and get fast into it. And you're just trying to explain it, to them, slow down. Yeah. I just want to tell you about all the stuff you're going to crash into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And hopefully you're taking notes. Yep. Get, get your insurance set up. You need that vehicle insurance. Oh, wait a second. Now your vehicles are. Yeah, we haven't even talked about what yeah. if something does go wrong. Mm-hmm. Builder's risks. Yep. Site, liability. Someone trespasses on the site. You know, I mean, injury. Oh, like we haven't even talked well, about any of that yeah. stuff. Well, what if something is just built incorrectly, like, and then now you got green lights to go ahead and you installed it, but then they changed their mind. Now you're disputing back and forth, who gave the clearance, and you're trying to figure out yeah. where is the security on the paper trail, that, who's responsible. That's a, that's a hard lesson uh, to learn. Is just and not so much on the design side of things, but just documenting your conversations. If uh, if you think it's redundant, just sending a quick email saying, "Hey, just to recap our conversation, we agreed on this." Uh, so important. So important. Just just do it, guys. If if you're hearing this, do that. Like, get on the email and just send it. You might think it might take that two extra minutes, but you know what? Do it. Like, it's it's so worth it because it could save a five year issue that be a thorn in your side. What's the best part of the business, Kyle? Um, I. I'd what do you love say, about it? I, I like the just the variety. I, I love being able to. It's not the same monotonous thing. It's every day. There's 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 uh, something going on. Uh, uh, I'm a problem solver. Like just love it. Get in there and just figure it out. Uh, some some of the people that I work with, they'll be like, "Wow, okay, yeah, that'll work." And then the way they go and roll with it. Um, yeah, I'd say just a variety. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Working with a good crew, too. It, it really helps. I've always yeah. had my best jobs were always jobs that I found the clients were very respectful of the trades and the process. They, they understood that there was money being spent here. It was their hard-earned money being spent. But they respected that the hard-earned money was being spent wisely for the craft that was being provi- provided, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I w- that always gave me a good feeling. But then on the flip side, you get the clients who have no respect for trades and what they're delivering you try to bring your A game in there and the best players involved, and then they just don't care about it because they're just fixated on the numbers that are being spent, which that, is the worst. That, that wears on you. It does. You, yeah. You become exhausted at that. It's like, here we are. We're, doing, we're putting our best foot forward, and it's never enough. Uh, you go above and beyond, and it's not appreciated. So those are the ones where you just want to just wrap up and let's get out. Sometimes I always like feel like, Clients should have like those translating headphones on when we're communicating with them so we can, they can actually get the real story of what we're talking about. So then there's no sugarcoating anything. It's like, we just tell them that this is what they mean by this. So they clearly understood what we just talked about because they're not paying attention. No, they're not understanding what we are about to go through to achieve what you want to buy. Right. And it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of taking advantage of because we offer custom. We literally are designing a one-off, a prototype. You pretty much have to babysit them and treat them, like just well, treat them basically to the point where it's like, okay, so that toilet you just chose, it's $800. Just to let you know, that's $400 more than what I allow, allowed for your toilet. 
That's one item. One item. In hundreds of items yeah. in this project. Yep. Not saying that every item is going to go 400 over. Nope. Some will go 4000 Some will go $4. Mm-hmm. But that's how this process works. Yep. You can't go shopping and automatically choose something that's more expensive and not see the cause and effect of it on the line items. Yep. That's construction. But nobody ever educates these clients on this stuff, right? I know some guys are trying to set up some consulting firms to be those educators. Um, Is it going to work? I don't know. I don't know. Because I find that they would probably be siding with the client and then siding against us, which defeats the purpose. Because I think if you want to be a consultant, you should be Switzerland and just be in the middle and see both sides and just be respectful of both sides, right? Yep. That's a different animal, though, man. Oh, yeah. Let's be a GC. It's fun. Drive a truck, have some tools, maybe a trailer. <laughs> Drive a truck with a gas <laughs> tank that's 100 liters that probably costs about 200 bucks now. If it's diesel, it's oh. even worse. You know what pre- you, know you just tap and it allows 250? Yeah. It didn't even fill my truck the Can't other day. Now. Oh, man. No, no. So. <laughs> and that, that, that hurts your bottom line too, yep. right? Yeah. Like, so now you got to factor that in when you go back and you're reassessing your numbers for the week or that job you put it into the accounting yeah. software, it's probably looking at these gas numbers going, this is absolutely insane, man. Yeah, yeah. And we can't even, well, we can write it off as part of the job, right? But it's a shame that a bulk of that is tax. Yeah. We're fortunate we don't venture too far from home. Uh, but all, still, you're consuming. We're, we're only two, three kilometers. Like it's for some of our jobs, it's not far. Oh, lucky you, yeah, we're, Wow. We've been very fortunate. Um, so nobody's yeah. calling in sick for snow. They still do. Snow they'll they'll take a they'll snow, take a day? snow day. At three but four I, minutes. I might be the one for uh, the snow day though. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's the only year I get. The only time I get to fire up the snowblower. Yeah. It's supposed to be a lot of snow this year, anyway, man. Oh good. We're getting close to wrapping up, and I just want to do the twelve questions. Anything else you want to share before we? Oh no, I'm, I'm good. Cover. I don't want you to get in trouble with the significant other. If you like, talk about this, talk about that, or did she did she give you points or anything? No, yeah, we pretty much cover them. Yep. I didn't even know you brought notes. They were there. They are there, but did we cover everything? Pretty much, yep. Yep. Kyle Van from um, <laughs> Craven, Craven Homes. Uh, Craven. Tri- <laughs> sorry, uh, Caven, Caven Homes. <laughs> sorry, Caven Homes, uh, www.caven.ca, and it's 905-691-1850, and Kyle at caven.ca, and Caven Homes on IG, and Caven <laughs> Homes on Facebook. 12 yeah. questions? Sure. Ready? I sent you this. Did I send you this? Nope. I think I sent them. Yeah, I'm maybe sure. I, I missed know. that, maybe. What everyday sound brings you joy and comfort? Uh, the kids. Come How many kids you got? Two kids. Two kids? Boy and a girl? Or? Boy and girl, yep. My son's four, daughter's seven. Yeah. What's your favorite beverage? Uh, I'd have to say, uh, I'd have to say the, uh, a nice tea, I guess, right now. Yep. Seems to be the way to go. What's your least favorite tool? Oh, Ryobi. <laughs> <laughs> the whole brand, eh? not even a tool. Uh, I do enjoy the memes when I see them on social media. Yeah. Uh, what turns you on creatively? Uh, a nice build, like just getting into something that's got a little more, uh, a little more design to it, a little more intricate. Everybody's open concept these days. Yeah, everything's open. Concept. Everything's kind of open concept. Yeah, you might be able to put a wall up interior wise. Call me old-fashioned. I, I like a good room, like a room with a purpose, like yep. a dining room or a room. I don't know. Open concept? Yeah. I yep. don't know. 
harder to run mechanicals, harder to run any kind of sound system. That's where the problem solving comes in. Where are you going to put switches on? Like it's, yeah. I don't know. Your thinking cap comes out then. It does, yeah. yeah. What word or concept do you find overused these days? Uh, sorry again? What word or concept do you find overused these days? What's everybody saying these days? I don't know. Nice. <laughs> nice? Nice, yeah. What's your yeah. favorite curse word? You don't swear, do you swear? Yeah, maybe. Or you do swear? <laughs> if you swear, it's up to you. Man. I always give a veto on that one. Yeah, yeah. The F-bomb comes down every once in a while. What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world, any mode of transportation? Oh, I love my diesel trucks. Yeah. Not the yeah. diesel today, though. No. Are we no. almost at two two dollars? Yeah, but we're, yeah, we're hitting it. The buck ninety, buck eighty five. Yeah. Ouch, man. Yep. Ouch. What do you miss from your childhood? Uh, just being out in the winter, snowmobiling and doing all that stuff. We're getting into more of it now, though. As a child, driving a snowmobile. Oh yeah, we grew up in Northern Ontario, Timmins. Parents had a snowmobile dealership. How young were you when you were riding a? Oh, I was. Probably younger than you should have been. Ten years old or something. Probably five, yeah. six years old. Probably. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, little little snowmobile and just giving her. Oh yeah. Wow. What yeah. term or phrase resonates with who you are? Uh, I'd probably say outdoor enthusiast, uh, motorsports. If you could master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? Hmm. Hadn't even thought of that before. Nothing else you want to do in the world? Yeah. Kind of like the idea of uh, being a pilot, flying. I was listening to one uh, podcast there that you guys Rob. were talking about. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, I went up yep. with him. Yep. He's a, he's a great pilot. Well, he got me up there, got me back yep. down. <laughs> so. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yep. If you could speak to an historical figure, who would it be? What would you ask? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that one. Nobody in history that you would want to cross paths with? Yeah. No, no, not really. Nothing? Nothing that comes to mind, no. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Nice job. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> Kyle, thanks so much, man, yep. for being on the show. I appreciate your time being on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, great pleasure having you, and uh, thank you for sharing, man. Great. So, good luck with the rest of the builds. You got a busy, how busy are you these days? Uh, we're booked into the new year here. Uh, nice. A lot, lot of interior stuff. But Taking uh, a break anytime soon? You get uh, downtime for the guys and everything? Yeah, no? we got we got downtime. We usually set up with uh, the guys to do some uh, annual fishing trips. Um, we're, we're actually taking a week off coming up uh, end of October here for a moose hunt. So nice. Try and get get up north. But yeah, usually so weekends. What's the rules with that? Are we like our, um, like how many people can go in? Or we're like, there, I'm sure there's rules. No, uh, we got a group of eight going okay. up um, just outside of Timmins there and. Uh, it's uh, it was an outfitter, so got a couple tags there, and yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, just go and kick back and relax. Cool. Yep. All right, thanks again, right. Kyle. Uh, Caven Homes, www.caven.ca, 905-691-1850, Kyle at caven.ca, and Caven Homes on IG and Facebook. Thanks very much, man. Great, thanks. Right here, Angelina.